0: On an empty stomach. It's going down, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Every morning, 9.45 a.m. It goes live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and, uh, is that it? Oh, iHeartRadio. I knew there was one more in there. Today on the show, well, that's one way to get yourself kicked out of the will. Also, so no one told you life was going to be this way. But first, ah great week of comedy one of probably maybe the best week of comedy i think i've ever had hands down wednesday night gangbusters absolute killer of a show over at house of comedy for my first time headlining there and then we follow it up thursday i completely ate shit it's totally okay because i was like what is up something's different what's going on oh that's right you're doing comedy for a bunch of 21 year old kids they don't want to hear about your bullshit weirdo suburban dad life turn it around my man open with some material about drinking and then you'll hook them. and then after that i settled in and we had a killer week man that little sasquatch nice kid very nice guy i'm very impressed with uh with him and his whole setup and his fans they're great they came out in droves man place was hopping over the weekend man and even like Thursday night was like 185 people. I think Friday early show was probably the biggest. That was like 2.30. And just killed, man. It was great. It was such a fun time. I was exhausted after it. Five shows, you know, then worked on the weekend. Plus, we golfed on Saturday afternoon because it's like one of the last times we're ever going to see weather above the 40s here in Minnesota. So I was trying to get out as much as I could. And after, after like, man, last night, a couple people were like, hey, do you want to come on by and, like, hang out? We'll watch a little bit of the football game. I was like, I got nothing left in my tank, dude. I got nothing. I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. It's funny that, you know, you're on stage for, I don't know, average time anywhere between 25 to, you know, 50 minutes. And it's not like, you, you know, you're doing wind sprints. You're not hauling windows, you're not bringing shingles up a ladder. But at the end of it you feel exhausted. You feel like you are just there's you got nothing, dude. And those like those two shows a night man like I commend the guys that are at that that level, you know. Uh the Sam Morrels of the world that do three nights or three shows on a on a Friday, three shows on a Saturday because you know, both shows are sold out. And people are clamoring to buy tickets. So he's like, fuck it, add another." we'll start the first show at 4 (laughs) p.m. I mean, make hay while the sun is shining. Because eventually it all goes away. But uh, I'm going to be back at House of Comedy in case you didn't miss any of the shows there this week, this past week. I'll be back there on Thursday night. David Koechner from The Office uh, is going to be there this weekend. David is supposed to be there on Thursday. Unfortunately, David is filming a movie right now he's not going to get into town until uh friday and then he has shows friday and saturday but his opener rob mayer very funny hilarious dude been around for a long time been a radio guy for a long time sirius xm he was on kevin Hart's in the city this dude is just like he's a he's a baller man He's going to be headlining that night. I'm going to go down to House of Comedy feature for him on Thursday. That is 7 30. So, in case you missed any of the shows over the last week, now would be a good time to swing on down. Uh, December 3rd, Vulcan Gas Company, Austin, Texas, with John Kite. December 10th, Minneapolis, The Dirty Show, Club Underground. That's always a fun time, man. Can't wait to see you guys for that one. What's up, BJ? Hi, Mira. What's up, Shelly? Tara? Good to see everybody. What's up, Kimberly? Nice to see you on Wednesday night. What's up? Eel, Scooter, Olina, Sarah? Man, good little lunch crowd. What's up, Andrea? Yeah, man. Um, so fun time. So thank you very much. Sold some merch. People went to the website. We got people coming out. Everything's uh, you know, coming up goddamn millhouse, as my <laughs> not only as my brother in law would say, but also as Millhouse would say. The new Treehouse of Horror Simpsons was on last night. I was watching it. Brought back just a flood of memories. They must have thought at some point, by the way, you guys are going to have to, you know, step into the now because that original Treehouse of Horrors was basically, it was like all the old shit. I think they did like The Raven and like, I suppose they didn't think that this thing was ever going to go past three seasons, let alone be the juggernaut that it became, but Nonetheless, man. All right, let's get into a little bit of news, shall we? So a Florida middle school student has been accused of stealing around $13,500 cash from her grandparents, her, remember, her grandparents, and then handing out that money to students at school. My God. This is one of the parents of one of the kids that was offered money speaking out about the Crazy ass situation She was like yeah mom The child did come up to me and asked me if I wanted $100 and she said no It's got to be stolen I don't want nothing to do with it I really hope it gets recovered because that's so devastating I feel really bad for the family for sure Oh It's not so much the amount of money Because 13500 bucks, Especially if your parents Grandparents live in Florida I'm just going to go ahead and just throw it out there maybe. I could be wrong. I'm just stereotyping. But if your parent grandparents got $13,500 cash lying around the house for their shitty grandchild to take, they probably got a few bucks in the bank. So all I'm saying is, it's probably not the amount of money, but this is the type of shit that will absolutely devastate a family. You don't come back from it. You've Listen, if that kid is, like, seven, you're like, okay, well, they're, they're trying to make friends. I totally... That's probably the deal. This is a middle schooler. I know the shit I did in middle school. And luckily, like, my grandparents and my parents were simpatico about, like, oh, no, this kid's a fuck-up. <laughs> he needs to get his shit together. Let's all be honest here. He, hey, yeah, for sure. But it's stuff like this, man. Like, my family had a... A, a tear in its universe, and it never was healed again. The day that my my uncle Mike, my I guess my I don't know my great uncle Mike, my grandpa's brother, my my mom's uncle, I don't know what the fuck they are. Like I don't know the lineage. Listen, man, I'm not ancestry.com. Don't get all up in my grill. But when my great uncle Mike, I don't know. Anyway, when he passed away, there was uh, uh, there was his purple heart. That he had received from World War II. There was uh, a little bit of... I guess maybe a little bit of money. He was a single guy. He didn't really have much. But he had a stockpile of ammunitions. The guy was a gun owner. Loved him. And good expensive guns. A lot of stuff out there that's tough to find nowadays. So while my grandfather is burying his brother in the ground... My grandfather's sister, her husband, I don't know how this math works and I apologize for confusing the shit out of you guys. But basically that dude was like, "Hey, listen, I know you guys are having a time of grief. So how about you guys go to the funeral home and then while I'm here, I will take care of the things around the house. I'll get set up for the the post-funeral reception, I don't know what you want to call it. And then after that, You know, we'll all convene again, but you guys do what you got to do. I got it back here. And then everybody left the house, and then that motherfucker cleaned out the gun cabinet and took everything, and three weeks after my grandfather had buried his brother, my grandfather opened up his safe to find that there was, you know, nothing left in there for him, and he was like, what the fuck is going on? So then, after that happens, my grandfather goes to confront his sister and his brother-in-law and go, what the fuck? You guys were at the house, and then all of a sudden I come back, and all my brother's belongings are gone. You guys never talked to him. You never saw him. You never had any sort of interactions with him. But yet you guys all of a sudden show up when the getting's good for taking things that are probably resellable that have a little bit of value to him. And they said, uh, they said yeah, that's, that's, he was our brother, and we had a right to it. We also have a right to the roofing company that you and him built So if you could just go ahead and pay us out his side of the business. And my grandfather was like, are you fucking insane? There's not a chance in hell I'm going to give you guys a dime. You didn't build this business. Me and my brother did. And now that he is dead, whatever shares there were, which there were none, I get those. You don't get dick. You get nothing. And it ended up becoming a thing. And it went to court. And I do believe... Man, I might be screwing up this story, but I do believe that my, my grandfather's sister won that case and actually got money from my grandfather. And from that moment on, my grandfather was like, uh, you do not have family in Arizona anymore. They are all dead to us. You will never speak their names. They shall never come over for Thanksgiving. We will never, ever. And to this day, I am pretty goddamn sure, like, nobody on my, my, at least I know of my grandfather's side of the family. They've made mentions of these people, but they ain't coming around. It's like, are you fucking insane, man? I can't even, It's am so, rega- I'm just so, like, blown away that, that that's how families treat each other. Um, my ass would have been cracked bacon regardless of my age. Oh yeah, if you stole $13,500, they'd have beat the shit out of you. As they should. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I can't imagine being in a scenario, and as I heard that though, there was a little bit of me that thought, you know, I bet this kid is having a very difficult time trying to find friends. And maybe they thought, this is a great way for me to be able to make friends. If I'm that guy... Because, I mean, if you go back and, like, watch... This is a terrible analogy. But if you go back and you watch the Vanilla Ice behind the music on VH1, basically, that dude was kind of a loser, weirdo. People kind of made fun of him and thought he was a poser. And now, all of a sudden, he's got, like, all this power. He's got fame. He's got money. He's walking around his mansion going... I don't even know who any of these people are, but I'm feeling validated. They're coming to my house and they are liking me, quote unquote. But as soon as all the money dried up, you know, the hangers on were gone. They didn't stick around and help him clean up. They didn't help him move out of that mansion. No, no, no. They they took him for everything it was worth and then off he went. So I imagine that at that age, middle school, you're like, I need to make some friends. I want to be the cool person. Maybe they had a hard time adjusting. So they thought if I could, and maybe they didn't realize like how much money it was. I feel like maybe there could be just a backside of this story that we are not hearing about. That this poor kid is trying to find some friends and they're trying to find just a little bit of purchase in middle school. And maybe they thought this is the way they can do it. Uh, Tara, family sucks. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, What's up, Erica Bang? Uh, Jules' death seems to bring out a lot of drama. Well, I, th- I think it's a good way for people to announce to the world who they really are. Because now, like, things are getting in the open, and it's change. It's a thrust upon change. It's like you really find out who the people are with grit and determination when a company folds. And there's some people out there that, you know, I think about my buddy Ben. Ben and I were radio guys for a long time. Ben got fired. Ben was like, I ain't taking a dime of your unemployment I'm going to go out and I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to find a job and I'm going to get some shit done. We also were a part of a group of people that got fired. That shit was 10 years ago. Some of them ain't bounced back yet. Some people got a little bit of, you know, they got a little bit of grit, a little bit of determination. Some people ain't got that. And that's how you find out real, real goddamn fast who your friends are, man. Absolutely. And... It happens with people that have, like, not to, I don't know if you guys know this at all. I don't like to talk about myself, but I noticed that when I had gotten out of radio and all of a sudden the free concert tickets dried up, the coming to hang out at the club, 2 a.m., the backstage passes, you know. The freebies, the get-to-go-here, the come-to-the-concert, the, the boat trips, the flyaways, all that shit. When that shit dries up, man, not a lot of people come banging on that door anymore. It's pretty crazy how fast it goes away, but yeah, man. Jules, yep, the D-bag radar, absolutely. Absolutely. Did you guys see that Chandler Bing? Matthew Perry's got a new book coming out. There's a lot of celebrities I don't give two shits about, but for whatever reason... He seems to be the one of that entire cast that I am most infatuated with besides Jennifer Aniston, and not because of looks. I think Jennifer Aniston is a knockout talent who does not get the recognition that she deserves because of, one, friends. People just go, whatever. Uh, two, her first movie ever was Leprechaun. Ah, I'm the Leprechaun. Ah. That's an old, old reference. But I don't think she gets the recognition that she is due, but then she goes out and she does some, like, pretty goddamn good stellar dramatic acting, and people just pass by it. Her and Vince Vaughn in the breakup? Oh, my God. Could watch that movie on a loop. Oh, speaking of, hang on a second. All right, stop. Stop the insanity. Stop. All right, I'm ready to take some shit. Here we go, you guys. Ready? Here we go. Meet me at camera one last night my daughter and I and her mom the three of us sat down and watched Beetlejuice now before you start putting in the Instagram comments oh my god Beetlejuice such an amazing movie it's so good it's so good so glad you got to pass down a, a movie for the generations my daughter got bored out of her goddamn skull we got about Three quarters of the way through it, and my kid goes, Um, how much time is left? I was like, I don't know, and I look and I was like, Jesus, man, there's like 36 minutes of this movie left? I feel like I've been watching it forever. And then I realized, oh, this movie was kick-ass for 1988, and it doesn't quite hold up the way we want it to. I listen, I'm gonna take a ton of shit for saying it, it's fine. I don't care. That movie is much like Goonies. Goonies, very good parts, but the sum of its parts do not equal a great whole. I go back and I watch that movie and I go, yeah, this is good. It's a, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's not a movie that we can like hang our hats on and be like, oh my God, this is so amazing. This is so amazing. I went back and we rewatched it and I was like, this movie is not as good as I remember it to be. It's got weird holes like the beetle like i had to look it up in the movie they're like beetle guys who's beetle guys what's beetle guys oh no but it, the name of the movie is Beetlejuice, and on the cover of the th- the actual movie poster it says Beetlejuice. i had to look it up i'm like why do they call it beetle guys but nobody makes reference to the fact that his name is beetle guys and then they pointed out oh yeah somebody from tim burton's camp was like you can't spell it beetlegeist. You got to spell it Beetlejuice, And he went, "No bullshit, we're spelling it beetlegeist. And they're like, no one's going to know what that is. They're going to read it and go, what the hell is a Beetlegeist? You have to call it Betelgeuse. And he's like, I'm not changing it. So they shoot the movie as Beetlegeist But in the movie, they call him Beetlejuice, And then afterwards, they tell him, hey, this movie's going to tank and eat shit if you don't spell juice the right way. And he's like, "God damn it! Fine." So the name of the movie is Beetlejuice. It is spelt on the movie poster, juice. If you watch the movie, you are like, "Why the, Why does he spell it guys They're just they were just trying to get cute." And somebody in marketing, I thought it was like maybe there is a thing where like Tim Burton spelled juice that way for years. No, no, no. He just wanted to get crafty. And Warner Brothers was like, sorry, dude, listen, you got to spell it out for people. This movie is going to eat shit if we don't do something about it. Uh, D, my 12-year-old daughter did too. She is now 15, but my 12-year-old loved it. Okay, I get that. Absolutely. Amanda, it's one of those movies that you only need to watch once. I didn't real for me, I guess maybe when I had seen it, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest, hilarious, most Halloween-y movie I've ever seen. And then we watched it last night. I was like, this movie ain't that great. Michael Keaton is amazing in it he's phenomenal Winona Ryder outstanding in it but the rest of it the whole like B plot line of them trying to get people to come up and like buy the houses and like buy up the town and they're try- who gives a shit about any of that I didn't want any of that like get, get rid of that plot line also the weird sandworm things where are they coming from they exist in this world that you can only get to through a door and then at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, I don't give a shit. At the end of the movie, one of those giant ass worms comes flying through the house and eats Beetlejuice. Well, where the fuck did the worm come from? Now it can, you know, break inner dimension? <laughs> I was watching this last night going, "I dude, I don't think I get it. I think I've, I'm missing out, man. I'm... Great costume ideas. In fact, I looked it up. The gal who plays the uh, the receptionist, who I thought while I was watching, I was like, is that Selma Hayek? I'm like, this lady is knocking it out of the park. She's the best actress in the whole thing, outside of Michael Keaton. She kills it. Kills it. And then... This is a piece of great writing, which I love. She makes a comment. She was like, had I known, I wouldn't have had my little accident. And it shows her wrists, and her wrists are slit, meaning, you know, she killed herself. Seven minutes later in the movie, they're at the dinner party where they do the uh, "I see deadly big tarantula. One of the people at the table, somebody brings up suicide, and he goes, you know, I heard that if you commit suicide in hell you have to be a civil stu- or civil worker. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That lady committed suicide, and now she has to work at the quote-unquote DMV of the underworld. Now I get it. So like I said, great parts to the film, but the sums of its parts do not equal a great whole. I'm going to take shit. I didn't realize I haven't seen Beetlejuice in forever. Also, how did they get the house? Would that house not... These two people die... Did they not have any family who could have taken it? All of a sudden, it just goes to the realtor? The realtor gets to sell it? For what? Where'd that money go? Nobody, There's. they never make a mention of that. All of a sudden, they die and like... I mean, you have to have a line of dialogue to have it all tied together. You know? Whatever it might be. Oh, yeah, no, my aunt down in Connecticut. I mean, she ever said that if she... Well, why don't we give the house to your aunt from Connecticut? Ah, she said that if we ever passed away, she'd probably sell the place. Anything to help tie it together, not just these two people die and then all of a sudden these weirdos from New York move in? Like, what the fuck is going on here? I Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, Mira, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it, don't get me wrong, it's a great one watch. But at the end of it, I was like, I didn't realize that this movie is not as good as I remember it to be. Uh, Scooter I was Beetlejuice last year At the dance studio And scared the shit out of several kids Yeah absolutely man Sarah I need to rewatch it I haven't seen it in years If you go back and rewatch I'm, just, I'm warning you If you go back and you rewatch it You might ruin what you think is a great movie Just telling you Not as good as what uh, Dude uh, Olena wasn't the realtor the sister I don't think she was because I think in the movie she says, I'm like family. Right? I'm like family? Yeah, shit, I'd have to go back and find it. Plus, when that bitch just fucking, that bitch gets all the money? Ah, anyway. I don't know. Maybe I was in my head just going, oh, my God, I'm so goddamn bored that I may have skipped a piece of dialogue. That happens. Plus, you know, you sit on your goddamn phone uh mira no i've never seen it i only had local channels growing up like three six and ten that is funny that if no matter where you go in the country you have everybody who has like their channels but it's all the same channels like no man we got we got three six and ten that's abc cbs nbc three six and ten and then every once in a while there'd be 11 and then abc was also channel 13 but then you came down to the cities, you're like, no, 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 we got four, five, nine, 11. You're like, what? Where what the fuck? They're the same channels, but they're different. How's that possible? I don't get it. Uh, Amanda, yes, gotcha. Yes, to Rudy's points, it's definitely a one watch. Yeah, yeah, just once. It's good. Watch it. It's fun. It's it's a great, listen, it's a great, create it. If anything, take a gummy, sit down, watch it. You'll enjoy it. But after that, one time, and then you got to be done. No more Beetlejuice. All right, I got to take Paul to the vet. He's got to go get his butt looked at, and then we'll be back tomorrow. I think I'm actually going to be doing some uh, some acting tonight. Acting? Acting, they say. Acting. I haven't acted in a film in a while. Z-Fest was the last one two years ago when we won the Louis Anderson Award. So... Um. Hopefully. I don't know. I guess we'll figure it out, man. I'll keep you guys posted on what's going down. Thursday night, going to be back on House of Comedy. So if you want tickets, go to HouseOfComedy.com. It's not on my website yet. I got to get that updated today. I promise I will. If you want tickets, though, come down. See me. Rob Mayer, very funny, super hilarious guy. He's on the road with Dave Keckner from The Office right now in Anchorman. The dude is just lights out. I was watching some of his shit last night. He's a friend of a friend. It's very funny. I can't wait to meet him. It's going to be Thursday night, House of Comedy, Mall of America. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And every morning, 9.45 a.m., it goes live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You guys have a great day. We'll see you later. Thanks for taking a long walk to Cleveland. (laughs)